Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. Earlier this week, I was driving, and this scripture just popped into my mind, which is applicable to this morning, I think. I shared it at our huddle time. It's in Hebrews 10, 39. It says, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. It's just a, uh, what a proclamation that is, that we're going to live our lives. We're not going to shrink back. We're going to be faithful to what God has called us to do. We're going to be faithful believers. We're going to be believers that choose to walk in faith and in according to God's word. Uh, during the prayer, during the worship in the last service, there was a scripture verse that came to my mind that again is uh, applicable to the uh, scriptures and acts that I want to share this morning. But it comes out of Second Timothy, and it says, "But understand this: that in the last days, terrible times will come." For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. They will be boastful and arrogant and abusive and disobedient to their parents, ungrateful and holy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, without the love of good, traitorous, reckless, conceited, what a list, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, turn away from such as these. And it goes on. And in these days, it's so important for us to uh, walk in boldness and, and to not shrink back and to walk in faith and to live according to God's word. And um, it's interesting, last week during this time of transition, the scripture portion that I read, uh, we, were talk, uh, we talked about Peter denying Christ three times. And yet... What, as I was reading this morning, and the Lord put this this uh, passage of in Acts really on my heart, I just I just thought how interesting that this is a great follow up. This is a great follow up to a person who followed Jesus, had a time of weakness, and bailed. And instead of you know living in in misery, he he regrouped, and he he. I'm sure, fell on the love and the mercy of Jesus. I bet when Jesus looked at him, it probably wasn't so condemning as much as it was a heart of love, a heart of see, I speak the truth, and I can just imagine when, when Peter was there around the campfire and he's just looking and he sees the Lord and he man like, wow, I can't believe I did it. And I even told him I wouldn't. And... Then we get to Acts, and it says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from, the, uh, from those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and Peter said, I like this. He says, look at us. Like, let, let's have eye contact here. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. 
Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk, and then he went with them into the temple courts and walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who was used to, used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. And while the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place uh, called Solomon's Colonnade. And when Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you uh, stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. I mean, Pilate's even willing to let him go. But you, uh, you disowned the holy righteous one, and you asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this. And by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you all can see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that the Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of, of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything. Guys, there's going to be a restoration. That's what, that's what happens. He says, he says, a restoration that he promised long ago through the holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people, and you must listen to everything that he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all the people of the earth will be blessed. And when God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. What a transformation, right? What a transformation to, to Peter, knowing that he would die for for, for what he believed and died for the gospel. It goes then, then it goes on into Acts 4, and it says, The priests and the captains of the temple guard and the Sadducees, they came up to Peter and John while they were still speaking to the people, and they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming Jesus, the resurrection of the dead. 
And they seized Peter and John, and, and because it was evening, they put him in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Quite a message. The next day, the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law, they met in Jerusalem, and Annas, the high priest, was there. And so were Caiaphas and John and Alexander and the others and, uh, of the high priest's family. And they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, by what power or what name did you do this? And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called on account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and being asked uh, how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. And Jesus is. He's the stone that the builder rejected, which has become the cornerstone. And this is really the verse that brought me to this section of Scripture this morning. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Look at the boldness. When they saw the courage that Peter and John realized and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You know, when you're with Jesus, there comes the power. When you're with Jesus, when you're in his word. But since they could not see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing that they could say. But since they could see the man. So he's the man standing there just like we we don't have a leg to stand on. There he is. There's the power of God. He ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, and then they conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? They asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But stop this thing from spreading any further among the people. We must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in his name. What the devil wants to do is silence you. Then they called them in again and they commanded them to speak or to teach, not to teach in all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. After further threats, they let him go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and they reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God and this was their prayer. Sovereign Lord, they said, you have made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You know what they do? They magnify the power of God right away. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's what we do. We acknowledge his power. That what? That lives in us. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth, they rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate, they met together with the Gentiles and all the people of Israel in this city to conspire against uh, your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. And they did 
They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders. Through, your, through the name of your holy servant, Jesus, after they prayed, they spake where they were meeting, uh, was, uh, the place where they stayed, where, that was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word boldly. In this season, we speak boldly about our hope, the only hope that we have, and we proclaim. Um, it's wonderful, you know, the, at this time of year as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, but let us not, let us not keep them in a, in a, a little baby basket but who grew up and who died for us and became the reason for our salvation, that we could have hope. Maybe walk with boldness. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you've called us, Lord, not to shrink back. You've called us, Lord, to go forward with power, Lord, to be steady, to be steadfast, and to walk in your truth. I ask, God, that your word would permeate our hearts, that it would come out, um, that it would just exude from us, Lord. We thank you for it, for it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola, or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, we'd love to hear about it, so please drop us a note.